I'm so glad you've joined us today here on this wisdom journey through the Bible. Your teacher is Stephen Davey. Stephen is the president of Wisdom International. He's teaching through all 66 books of the Bible with a new lesson each weekday. If you're new to this journey, I hope you'll plan to join us each day. If you do, you'll gain a comprehensive understanding of God's Word. Stephen's lesson today is called The Woman at the Well. As we begin our wisdom journey in John chapter 4 today, Jesus is now leaving Judea. He's heading north toward Galilee. And here in verse 4, we're told that he, Jesus, had to pass through Samaria. The verb here indicates it was necessary that he go through Samaria. Uh, He had to go there. He just had to go there. You see, Jesus, he's got a divine appointment in mind, and the Holy Spirit is leading the way. Now, as Jesus travels through Samaria, he comes to this ancient uh, well, this old well that Jacob had dug centuries earlier. Well, it's about noontime, we're told. The disciples have gone into the village of Sychar to buy some food. They, they leave Jesus there to sit down and rest a while by this well. Well, John writes here in verse 7, A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. Well, this is a stunning encounter, by the way. Jewish people didn't talk to Samaritan people. In fact, according to the Mishnah, a commentary on Jewish life, they believed that Samaritan people were unclean from the cradle to the grave. Now, this bitter feud goes back in time some 700 years. It all started when when the Assyrians attacked the northern tribes of Israel, carried most of the people into captivity. The Jews who remained behind intermarried with captives from other nations whom the Assyrians brought into the land to farm it and, and to manage it. So now you have this, this, this growing group of mixed Jews, you could call them. They actually developed their own religion. It was sort of a watered-down Judaism. They even built their own temple on Mount Gerizim, not too far away from where Jesus is now talking to this Samaritan woman. That way they didn't have to go to Jerusalem to worship. By the way, for Jesus to speak here is a violation of three different Jewish traditions, sort of unspoken rules. First, he's talking to a Samaritan. You just don't do that if you're a good Jewish man. Second, he's talking with a woman. And you need to understand that in Jesus' generation, a rabbi was to be so circumspect that he was never even to greet a woman in public, much less talk to her. And this isn't, this isn't just any woman, by the way. This is a woman with quite a reputation. No doubt this explains why she's drawing water at noon, the hottest time of the day. Nobody else is going to come to the well at this time. Nobody's going to stare at her. Nobody's going to make fun of her, call her dirty names, or laugh at her. Let me tell you, beloved, this is a lonely, sinful, needy woman. She's thirsty for something, something real, something that will last. The third rule that Jesus breaks, so to speak, is that he asks her for a drink of water. 
Now, according to popular opinion, to receive food or drink from a Samaritan would be to share in that person's ceremonial impurity. And let me tell you, none of this escapes this woman's notice. In fact, she asked Jesus here in verse 9, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? Jesus responds in verse 10, well, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Well, now this this woman's confused, of course. So she says to Jesus here in verse 11, sir, you have nothing to draw water with and, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? She's, she's blunt with Jesus in verse 12, and she asks him, are you greater than our father Jacob? In other words, she's saying to Jesus, Jacob, our great forefather, dug this well. So if you think you can get better water than Jacob, uh, who must you think you are? Well, he's going to answer that question in a moment. But first, he describes for her the living water that he's offering to her. He says in verse 13, everyone who drinks of this water, that is from the well of Jacob, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Well, she immediately says in verse 15, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. That is, again, <laughs> she's, she's still confused. She's thinking about something physical. Jesus is telling her that her real thirst is spiritual. Now, Jesus may be alluding to the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy uh, when the chosen people are told to draw water with joy from the well of salvation, Isaiah chapter 12, verse 3. In fact, the prophet Jeremiah said that the Lord is the fountain of living water, Jeremiah seventeen thirteen. Well, she doesn't get the connection. So what does Jesus say next? Almost out of the blue, he says here in verse 16, go. Call your husband and come here. And she answers in verse 17, I have no husband. Well, Jesus knows that. And now he stuns her by saying, You are right, for you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. Well, let me tell you, all of a sudden, she realizes Jesus must be some kind of special spiritual leader. She she even kind of ignores the comment and, and attempts to turn on some spiritual vocabulary here in verse 19, saying, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. <laughs> well, no kidding. She then attempts to distract Jesus by raising this age-old debate that existed among the Jews and Samaritans about where people ought to be worshiping, in Jerusalem or over there on Mount Gerizim. But Jesus... He isn't going to get distracted here. He, he has something in mind. So he says here in verse 23, The hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. 
Well, now at this point, she's really listening to what he's saying. Maybe she's connecting the dots with some of those prophecies about living water. So she says to Jesus in verse 25, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ, and when he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus says to her in verse 26, I who speak to you am he. Wow. You can't miss that. Now here at verse 27, the pace sort of accelerates. The disciples return with food. They're amazed to find Jesus talking to a woman, to this woman. Verse 29 tells us that the woman then takes off running back into into town, shouting at everyone, come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ that is the anointed Messiah? Well, with that, you know, the whole town empties and follows this woman back to Jesus. And as they head up that incline toward Jacob's well, still there today, Jesus says to his disciples here in verse 35, look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. You know, I believe that these Samaritan men with their heads in those white turbans represented what Jesus meant when he said here that the fields were white unto harvest. Wheat and grain fields are brown, not white. I have no doubt that Jesus was talking about those Samaritans heading up out of that city, up there toward the well of Jacob. Verse 39 tells us of the harvest here when we're told many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. Let me ask you a question today. What well are you drinking from? Are you seeking refreshing, life-giving water from wells that, well, they leave you thirsty? Jesus happens to know who you are. He knows everything you've ever done, just like this woman, everything you've ever done wrong or right. He knows all about your thirst, your thirst for meaning, your thirst for a life worth living. You know, I I can't today force you to drink, but I, I can tell you where the living water is. It's found only in Jesus, the anointed Messiah. Often, when I write a letter or an email, I sign it at the bottom, satisfied in Christ. And I do that because that's what he's done for me. And that's what he'll do for you if you ask him to forgive you, to save you, to give you a drink of everlasting life by faith in him. Well, until our next Wisdom Journey, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. The lesson you just heard is called The Woman at the Well. In addition to being your Bible teacher for this daily program, Stephen is also the president of Shepherd's Theological Seminary. That school offers a special program that allows you to earn a master's degree in one year. Think about that. 
How would your life be impacted if you set aside one year to study God's Word, experience authentic community, grow in discipleship, take a trip and do some study in Israel, and earn your master's degree in theological studies all in one year? Whatever God has called you to, you can invest one year of your life to prepare yourself for the rest of your life. Learn more at shepherds.edu. And please join us back here next time to continue the wisdom journey.